turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. The executive behind Amazon's massive warehouse fulfillment operation has moved up to vertical farming. I think we're going to hear more and more about vertical farming as life goes on. In the first hour, I looked at some of the technologies of 2018 back when it was 2017. And one of the things that jumped out at me was tied towards Amazon. And I, I'm not going to say I correctly called it that they were going to get into the healthcare business, but I think they did with uh, their recent purchase. And I think they did accomplish what a lot of people wanted them to accomplish. And that would be something along the lines of getting licensed to deliver drugs. Now, we don't know much more about it, do we? We don't. But we know that at some point in time, they can offer us home delivery of our pharmaceuticals. We also know Amazon Prime Day, which is a made-up holiday. It's going to be bigger this year than Black Friday. It's coming July 16th. I'm stunned at people who buy anything at full price in this day and age. I feel like all you have to do is, if you're going to buy furniture, is go to Pottery Barn and sign up for their email. And a couple days later, you're going to have 10 to 15 emails that say something like 50% off. So why not wait till July 16th, which is basically Black Friday in July. It's a holiday six months before Christmas. It uses heavy discounts to get to woo us. Or if you don't want to wait for Amazon Prime, maybe you buy something on a July 4th holiday sale. Like, for instance, a lot of people like to barbecue meat on the 4th of July. I don't think you have to make your decision to run out and buy a barbecue on July 5th after the sale's over. I think you can probably say, I should buy this when there's a Memorial Day or a Labor Day, a beginning of summer uh, highlight of summer, July 4th, end of summer kind of holiday going on. Because when Amazon does their Prime Day, guess what? Everyone else does too. Best Buy is like, well, we don't want everyone to get their one Apple TV now without using us as a source of purchase. So we'll have a sale too. We'll get rid of some inventory before the transition to the fall phones, the back-to-school phones, the back-to-school backpacks. Man, what type of backpack do you get your kid? How much do you love them? Do you get them one with a USB charger built into it? Or do you get them one with like a bulletproof backpack? Hmm. Hmm. How do I love my kid? Hmm. How many shootings were in the school district? Hmm. So Prime delivers such a massive scale and features that if you were to look at the value of Prime per year, 
Some people think it's worth $800, and they only charge you 100 plus. So do I like Amazon Prime? I do. My part of the Kool-Aid drinking club of Amazon? Kind of. It's so funny. There's people who are car guys, and there's people who are not car guys. And I'll be honest with you. If I get a chance to race around a Daytona 500 track with a Daytona IndyCar, I would do it once. But after I've done it once, I would never do it again. Like, just not that interested, right? So we got that out there. Taylor Swift. Who doesn't love Taylor Swift? Shake it off. Shake it off. And now she has a new song out, which is just despicable. No, it's called Despicable, I think. Um, But she's a real estate mogul. She owns $84 million of real estate in different states from California to New York. She recently purchased a condo in Tribeca, her third property, on the same block. So Taylor Swift is buying blocks. 28 years old. She's worth $280 million. She's parked about $84 million of it in real estate. From everything that I can see, business-wise, her dad's taking pretty good care of her as a manager and such. She owns a 10,000-square-foot place in Beverly Hills worth $29 million. In New York, she has a penthouse worth $20.5 million. Uh, something tells me that, like, in life, if I'm going to get reborn, hopefully not as a cow, but if I get reborn, hopefully it's as the guy who falls in love with Taylor Swift and actually keeps her. Can you imagine being married to a pop star worth $280 million? She has a 3,000-square-foot apartment in Nashville. She has an estate in Nashville that's 5,600 square feet. It's interesting. The place in Beverly Hills has 10 bathrooms. I kind of wonder at some point in time, the real estate agent tells you, Hey, Taylor Swift used to play own this place. Yeah. And did I mention that it has 10 bathrooms? Well, now you're talking. In case you have like uh, like the traumatic situation where you can't decide where you want to poop or pee. 10 bathrooms? Yeah. That's a lot of clean. So a lot of greenery, a lot of mountains. It's out there. Here's a new, uh, if you don't want to date Taylor Swift or be Taylor Swift, maybe you want to rent a place where she's at. Rents as a percentage of income are at a historic high of 29.1%. Renters spent a record amount of money on housing in 2017, paying $485 billion to landlords. A lot of Americans are struggling to afford housing. One. One of the most expensive cities in the country, San Francisco. The average monthly rent is 4060 bucks. Wow. That's Mission Bay. 
In Hayes Valley, the city's most affordable neighborhood, the average rent's $2,700. Hmm. Which neighborhood would I want to live in? Or can I just talk to my friend Taylor and say, hey, can I live in your guest house? I like the idea. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Let's chat. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Phone booths. I miss them. I've kind of learned, like, I don't know. Some of the things that we grew up on are no longer valid. And they change aggressively, and our kids won't understand. And they, and they don't. So, 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. Nation's top three most expensive places for renters. Nations, the United States of America. There's 50 great states, plus Puerto Rico, and some territories, right? Nation's top three most expensive places for renters. Are they in Florida? You know what my Jamaican friend used to say? He goes, no, 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 no. It could have been the worst Jamaican accent I've ever heard. I'll work on it. Okay. I'll work on it. Um, is the most expensive rentals in Washington, D.C. as all the Democrats left and all the apartments got flushed out and the landlords were like, hey, let's, let's jack up the rents on the new Republicans, aides coming in and stuff like that. Is it Washington, D.C.? As my Jamaican friend would say, no, 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 no. Is that better? A little, little better. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Top three most expensive places for renters, all in the Bay Area. That's tough. If you rent a two-bedroom apartment in the South Bay, you'd better close, be making close to 50 bucks an hour or roughly $100,000 a year. Wow. I don't get it sometimes, like how people who aren't. Well, I do get it. Everyone seems to charge an arm and a leg for anything. So you can go to like Reno and get a hamburger. You can get prime rib, all you can eat in Reno for eight ninety nine, or you can get a hamburger in San Carlos, Palo Alto for seventeen dollars. No, no, no! Give me guns! <laughs> Not a good audio clip, but uh, I was talking to Mike last week, and I was like, "Do you remember the SCTV? It was Friday night. It was a character." Mm-hmm. Rick Moranis and all those guys, yeah. I I think the character was the Jamaican man or something like that. And he had this big, big, big reefer. Just huge. It was was oversized. It was comical. I think they call it a Marley. A Marley. Is reefer no longer? No, the big joint. Okay, huge joint. Okay. Huge joint. The size of a burrito. Size of a a burrito and a car put together. So, um, and he would always think, he'd always bring up questions like, hey, look what I got, man. Do you eat it? And you go, no, 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 no. And he goes through this whole litany of stuff. And the final one is, do you smoke? And he goes, yeah, man. So I thought that could translate. The audio clip in my head from 25 years ago, not as good as the audio clip that's available now on YouTube. So it's pretty expensive. So how do these people, how do renters survive here? Or how do you rent without? They're making $100,000 a year is one. Or how do you rent without feeling bad that you're throwing down so much money? I can barely read this. This is the tiniest print I've ever seen. Well, you you have a generation of 
millennials moving in to take advantage of the tech boom here in the Bay Area. And you have landlords that are pretty much unrestricted, pushing up rents. Uh, I get calls all the time. My rent's going up $500 a month uh, or next month, and I need to buy a house. Uh, That's a very common phone call. Uh, There's just not enough inventory. And and landlords right now are just raking it in because of there's no affordable housing. And then you have builders saying, oh, Canadian lumber is now too expensive. And, you know, we have no land to build on. And, And then what they do is they build places that they can make a lot of money on, you know, seven, $800,000 townhouse or condo. Um, I just sold a $1.5 million condo in Mountain View. Uh, and that's what they're building instead of affordable housing. So rents are going to keep, we're going to stay like that. San yeah. Francisco is on the list and Oakland's on the list. Well, I drove by a place recently on El Camino in my hometown. And it, it was uh, Applewood's famous in Mountain View or something like that. And they, they tried to expand it opened up, it shut down in probably like three months, and it's been empty now for two years, three years, and then you're like three years, four years, and I kind of fi- I finally figured out what happened. You're like, why, why hasn't another person come in there? Because it's been zoned for housing, and they're just waiting to tear down that project and start a new project, because that's what they did right next to it. They, they, the landlord doesn't even want a restaurant in there. He just wants to sell it for condos and tear it yeah. down and wait for the zoning to change. Um, but anyway... Yeah, I don't, I don't get how we do not have a healthy environment. But again, it's it's people who are willing to live in an apartment of, you know, 400 square foot, 500 square foot, 600 square foot. And, and, and we're not going to see that. Cheap. We're not going to see it drop anytime soon. We're, we're looking at places around the United States, even Seattle. Seattle is, I think, leading the nation. A million and a half dollar apartment. Uh, uh, um, yeah. And That's ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big one, though. Um a place like Seattle, which is leading the nation uh, for the last couple of years, year over year, um, rate of return on appreciation okay. on on home prices, they just their rents just dropped like two percent. Yeah, um, place like Denver and Portland, I think their rents have dropped because the builders are finding land and they are building, building, building multifamily, and so they had a lot more inventory for rents. Uh, we're just not seeing that here in the Bay Area, um, so I, I can will stand by that and say that we're going to keep seeing higher rents okay. because of that. So it's working on both ends, well, on the last, real estate side into, and the rent side. Two stories we did last week talking real estate, you and I. Uh, last week, we talked about millennials are going to spend $200,000 on rents before they actually buy their first home. Yeah. And that number is expected to only go higher and higher and higher for the first-time home buyer. It cuts into down payments and savings for, you know, IRS 401ks. Yeah, retirements yeah. and vacations. and so. Um, but that ties into it. And then you, you just talked about Seattle. So Amazon obviously owns Seattle. They're the Seattle mafia, in my opinion. And the city council is always trying to break them up like they do in in comic book movies. Um, And Amazon said, okay, those two towers that we were building, let's freeze those. Because the city council said, let's start charging Amazon $3 per year per employee that they have living in the city. They're going to do a head tax for how many people were working at the company. And Amazon said, okay, if you're going to do that, not only are we going to announce headquarters too... But we're also going to stop building these apartments that we're building right here. This, this, the sky rise. So, flash forward three months later. Guess what the city council does? Oh, we, we we've killed that idea. We're no longer going to tax you, Amazon. And guess what they said? Fire up the cranes, start them up again. <laughs> and last week we talked about Menlo Park and and uh, Cupertino. They're looking at Apple and they're looking at Google and they're looking at Facebook and they're saying you have so many employees that we want to charge you a tax. Didn't work in Seattle. I don't know if it's going to work down here. But this, I don't understand it. So, 
It's 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 real. We start seeing how much money people are throwing into rents. Well, we're also going to see our companies um, like Facebook, like Apple, and the list goes on and on. Figuring out that it's going to be hard to recruit talent when it's the cost of living is so high, uh, and people are going to start looking. People, I'm sorry, companies are going to start looking at other cities where millennials are moving. There's a huge list of cities in, around the United States that millennials are just flocking to, including places like Sacramento and Portland, Seattle and Denver, um, even places like um, San Antonio and so on. And we're going to start seeing more and more companies, I think, spreading out across the nation and figuring out that's where we're going to start recruiting talent. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, I'm Rob Black. Happy holidays. Trump's holding out for a border wall funding from Congress. And yet someone starts a GoFundMe page on building a wall and it's already pulled in three million in three days i would build a great wall and nobody builds walls better than me believe me and i'll build them very inexpensively the fundraiser on gofundme and i I just find this i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm holiday cat sarcastic uh we the people will fund the wall is the fundraiser title so that's an interesting world we live in right the whole gofundme world Oh, Jerome Powell. We loved you all. You are doing your thing and raising interest rates, and Trump is so angry at him right now, firing off tweet after tweet. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I can take the pressure of being tweeted at by a president of the United States. A mess. It's a mess. So the Fed chief, Jerome Powell, is Trump's worst reelection nightmare. A lot of people think we are two interest wait two interest weights two interest rates away from a recession. That, uh, mathematically, it's going to be tough to get past 2020 without a recession. Just it's it's lining up that way after the tax cuts and uh, the threat of taxes being increased again. So, Fed Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell. President Donald Trump put him in place, hired him. He replaced what I would say was a pretty dovish Fed chairman, which means uh, she wasn't quick to raise interest rates. She wasn't hawkish on inflation. So there's doves and hawks. There's donkeys and there's elephants. I, I, I can't tell you all the animals, the political spectrum, but they're out there. So the Fed is perfectly happy to gradually strangle the economy the U.S. economy in order to stamp out inflation or the potential of inflation. And when the stock market goes up 10, 20% a year, you start getting cocky and you're like, I'm going to buy a boat. You're like, don't buy a boat. Only stupid people buy boats. Only stupid financial people buy boats. Only people buy boats are people who, well, stupid people. So you get kind of stupid in a good economy. Boats take a lot. They cost a lot of money to like pay the taxes on and to, to harbor them and stuff. Ah, no, 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 no. Harbor them. I know you're saying you're not a boat person, are you? Not really. But right now, um, if Powell continues escalating interest rates in 2019, it's going to be a problem. The market is telling you they don't like higher interest rates, and the market is telling you it sees a problem six months down the road. 
So what do we take out of this? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. He will talk to us about being single and being a CFP and being a financial planner. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk an odd topic here. Uh, There's different types of investors. We know that. But let's go with a different total type. People who are single. Most of us don't start saving money till we're married, and we say, I've got to take care of my wife. Most of us don't start saving money till we have kids. We want to leave a bit of a legacy with our savings. But when you're single, you're more of a spender. You're going to concerts, you're going out, you're whining and dining, you're wooing. What's your thoughts on investing and in, in, in saving as a single person? Hmm. Well, m- m- my thoughts, <laughs> if you're going to invest and in, in save while you're single, is is you find somebody that you might want to marry, start early on on talking about prenuptial agreements. Okay. Um, I met a guy that uh, was involved in a one of the founding members of a startup. Okay. And it was well on its way, got married, didn't do anything on the prenuptial agreement, lost half of what the eventual result was, and, and the marriage only lasted for a couple of years, and it was kind of one of those deals where you couldn't believe what the person did. The, you know, the spouse did in this case and still lost a lot of what he worked, you know, 15 to 20 hours a day on for five to six years of this startup. So prenuptial agreements, very, very important. How about a post-nup? Post-nuptial is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where if you popular. don't have anything when you get married, the post-nuptial is a little bit more involved in, you know, what am I going to pay after I pass? But boy, that's a tough thing to approach though. When you're, you know, first getting married, you don't have kids yet. Whether or not it's going to hold up in court, whether or not both sides really had an attorney, it's tough. I personally don't think it's that tough. I I just think you need to dehumanize it. Like, for instance, I got that frying pan from my mother. Um, I want that in a prenup. And that's a good starting conversation right there. Mm -hmm. Say, you know, a prenup, maybe things don't end as well as we want them to. Or, you know, it's it's there for a worst case scenario. It's not there for a best case scenario. Um, Now, with that said, being single, you know, you have a lot more costs. Uh, but everyone should max out their 401k when you're single or when you're married. There's some things you don't need life insurance when you're single. You know, if you die, no one cares. Right. So don't have life insurance. Um, you know, life insurance is there to replace your income for your loved one that you just left. Um, you know, at one point in time, if I died, my cat would have got my money. That's funny. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of sense of humor that I want to have out there. It's funny. Um, some other areas, you know, when you're single is, is do be careful because dating is expensive and, you know, trying to find the right partner is important. When you do find that person, um, talk to them about money. A lot of couples don't ever talk about money. And then when it does happen, it, it's a stressful environment and it doesn't need to be. When do credit checks. I mean, how many times have we run into people? I have a real close friend that a marriage ended because she found out about $60,000 worth of debt that was in place prior to marriage that was yeah. totally hidden totally hidden until the person else basically had a breakdown and it all kind of came crashing down. And you marry into that scenario and uh, it could be a problem and again, it's well, something yeah, you fight over. It's because the house was purchased together at the height yeah. and then now her credit is completely screwed as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough you know situation. I, you know what I like about credit checks is it could kind of tell you if your spouse is kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, if, if the person you're getting ready to marry, you find out she's had like 19 late delinquent charges and you're like, whoa, you partied pretty hard because you didn't have that many late, so you, you have to almost try. Yeah. Well, I've told you the story before about a couple that I could never get the financial plan done because they wouldn't give me the, the, couldn't get the expenses from them. Yeah. And it never finally made, it finally just never made sense. So I was sitting with the, the, one of the clients, the other, the spouse was at work. Sure. And I said, have you ever done a credit check? 
and we went to annualcreditreport.com, which is the one free. And I had to sit there with one of the spouses and uncover $100,000 worth of credit card debt that was being hidden. And it was like telling you that your spouse has cheated on you for the last 10 years. It's a shock. I mean, I thought he was going to pass out. Yeah. And, um, you know, see a guy in tears because he finds out about that much debt and his retirement is then put off for about an extra two or three years because of... As a, CF, as a CFP, did you have to hold them and nurture them and cuddle them? Uh, we, were, we were looking up. I said, you, you know, you can't go home and talk to your spouse about this. You need counseling. There's obviously a, a okay. shopping problem here. Don't go home and explode about it. Go speak to a counselor. Approach it almost like an intervention with other family members because it, it was an intervention, and it actually yeah. turned out successful. Um, luckily, they had a ton of equity in their home. And they were able to pay it off and still retire okay. But it was relatively small compared to the overall portfolio, but it was still there and it was still hidden. And So this segment's oh, turned into, instead of investing for singles, it's turned into credit check spouses. Because they're, probably, li- they're probably lying to you, <laughs> <laughs> is what we've learned. My dad died with, uh, with uh, $60,000 of credit card debt. $60,000 of credit card debt that no one knew about because my dad was kind of a short guy. He was 5'8", and uh, he'd go to like Home Depot and... There's a store on the East Coast called Hackenders, which was Home Depot before Home Depot. And he'd buy power tools because, you know, that gave him kind of like the manly thrill that he couldn't get from being six foot tall. Um, <laughs> with that said, I inherited a bitchin' set of tools, but my mom inherited a lot of credit card debt that she didn't know was there. So that's a, a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, we're in, that, that generation, too, is very private about money. You know, yeah. the, we're in a generation where 50% of marriages fail. People live till they're 100 years old. So most of the time... Unfortunately, people aren't with the same spouses. So um, be very careful because people that trade houses, spouses, and cars more often than others are the ones that don't retire well. Interesting to note. With that said, I don't want to live to 100 unless I'm like Highlander and I could live forever (laughs) with a Scottish friend. Um, Scottish ninjas. (laughs) Odd concept, right? Yes, very odd. Whoever pitched that movie, they had some cojones. With that said, that certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You know, sometimes I hear my own voice and I cringe. I hope you understand that about me. I'm not sure what that quite means, but it is what it is. Things that we have to say goodbye to. You should always do a memoriam kind of show at the end of the year. Cow calendars. Chick-fil-A fans will have to move to another method of keeping track of their date. Fast food giant Chick-fil-A is nixing its cow calendar after two decades of doing it. The calendar cost eight bucks, but the value of its free offers was at least 30 bucks. So goodbye, Chick-fil-A cow calendar. No, God, please, no, no. Any, Any man... Any man that defines his life as being good because of Chick-fil-A is not a man to me. Just FYI. Um, other things that you say goodbye to. Haagen-Dazs flavors. Say goodbye to sweet cream coffee caramel. Vanilla tangerine shortbread. Pomegranate dark chocolate bar. All going away. And they're not coming back ever. So Haagen-Dazs owner Nestle said... Eh. They're gone. They retire. You too will retire. Do you have enough money to retire? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 
Okay, so I'm not a motivational speaker, but if I were, I'd probably revert to Negro. High hopes is all about seeking your dreams without hesitancy, right? I like peppering in this show with some pretty good music on occasion. I mess up and I get a little drunk and somehow dance music comes on. But little high hopes. Panic at the disco. Ah, things change. A lot of financial challenges in Brendan Urie's life trying to make ends meet. You have to have high hopes, right? This lead singer once worked at a Smoothie King. I know you're saying, a Smoothie King? Say what? That's pretty cool. Um, he couldn't afford to pay, you know, uh, professional string musicians, so he recorded, like, his string musicians segments in his music at elementary schools with the middle school band. It's kind of cool on occasion when you have high hopes and you don't spend too long setting expectations. You just, you go for it. With that being said, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. And one thing that I want you to do is max out your 401k this year. Because if you do that, you have high hopes. Now, I don't, what do I think about the next year? How low can the market go? How low can you go? Limbo low, limbo low, limbo low, 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 limbo low, limbo low, low. The market can easily go down another 10%. Like, in the snap of a finger. Easy. Do I want it to? No. Can it go lower than that? Yeah. It doesn't usually, though. So there's corrections, and then there's bear markets, and bear markets are tough, man. Cuckoo-cachoo. Cuckoo-cachoo. Sammy Davis Jr. doing the little Beatles action. I know you're saying, where did that one come from? I know. You just got to go with it. Really? Yes. So Aquaman's doing well. Aquaman, Aquaman does whatever. And Aquaman, he talks to fish. Probably the most uncool superhero power ever. What do you do? I... Flipper. Is that you, Flipper? An evil oil tycoon baron has opened his pipes up and is destroying all the marine life, Flipper? Okay, so I'm going to shut up. Um, so Aquaman's already grossed $266 million. Whoa! And it hasn't even opened up in the United States. Wow. Wowza, wowza, wowza. Um, movies now are really being, I, th- I think, destroyed because they're kind of trying to put in one Asian-American, one European-American, one American-American, one South American-American. It, everything's becoming homogenized, and I, I, I fear that with Aquaman as well. Um, but it's already made over $266 million. So before it even opens up in the United States, it's already passed its budget of $160 million, which is good. Because this is the kind of movie that could have got them into trouble. Aquaman, swift and powerful monarch of the oceans, with ability to summon and command all creatures of the deep. Yeah, he just wasn't that cool of a superhero. And his costume was pretty freaky, too. So, like, Wonder Woman, what do you do? I fly an invisible jet. That's right, jet! Superman, what do you do? I, I can, you know, fasten a speeding bullet kind of thing, and you, bullets don't even hurt me. How about you? What do you do, Aquaman? I talk to the fish. Okay, I get it. He was 
he was an omen of what's going on right now. He was kind of a, a, um, a harbinger, so to speak. I always wanted to have a band called the Harbingers, and then I found out I have almost no music ability whatsoever. I have, but I, I can name a band. <laughs> yes, yes, I can. So, anyway, um, I'm totally digressing. Uh, let's go back to the stock market. So, the Fed is. <sighs> They're not helping markets. They're not saying let's keep things cheap and create some inflation. And yeah, maybe we inflate some assets like housing and stocks. Maybe we leave the average person behind if there's no wage inflation. I get it. I get it. So Trump is going to have a nightmare trying to be reelected with a higher interest rate environment. And again, we're not even talking high interest rate normal. Like getting back to normal. I used to say things when interest rates are at 3.5% or higher, you buy bonds. And beneath 4%, you buy stocks. Just somewhere there's a little bit of a wiggle room. But you have to rethink that in the day and age where every major economy, every major country is using cheap credit as a way of stoking their economy. Cheap money is what it comes down to. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Altria. Altria buying Jewel, not buying Jewel, but buying a big portion of it. Um, my dad died of lung cancer. And I can tell you that a company like Altria should be revolting and gross to me. But I see things financially. So, like, some guys have beer goggles on when they're, like, 16 years old, thinking about, like, life. Oh, I love that person. But I... I can't get over the idea. Like, I, I see things in money. My goggles are like, financially speaking, Altria purchased a 35% stake in e-cigarette maker Jewel Labs. This week, we learned that um, uh, the Surgeon General hates vaping, thinks it should be done outside, thinks it's a problem for our children. And for me to see Altria, you know, who's made the Marlboro cigarette, which killed the Marlboro man? Myth? Not myth? I don't know. But... Roughly 14% of U.S. adults, 34 million of us, smoke cigarettes every day. That's crazy. And yet you can invest in crazy. That's my point. I'm Rob Black.